urgent market prediction. Bitcoin has been on an absolute tear this year. We've had an Ethereum upgrade, which makes it much more attractive to institutional investors. And inflation data has come in a lot cooler. What does this mean for the markets? It feels like the markets are at a crossroads right now. So we're going to break everything down and let you know where it's going next. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Bean Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we have a very important, urgent market prediction. So, what's happening right now? Bitcoin has been on an absolute tear for the entire year. You know, we've seen banks going under. There's been, you know, a lot of shakiness in the overall financial markets, the traditional markets. So it seems as though investors have been fleeing to Bitcoin. We had the Ethereum upgrade to Shanghai, which could be bringing in potentially a lot of institutional investors, which has been driving the Ethereum price. However, recently we've seen a little bit of a pullback and people start to get scared. Mm. There's also been, uh, which we'll touch upon too, with in inflation data, what is uh, Biden saying in terms of the debt ceiling? So there's some things we have to address, which will help us make a really accurate prediction in terms of where the markets are about to head. Yeah, I mean, after, you know, let's be honest, 2022 was horrible. 2023 has been pretty good so far for both the stock market and the crypto market. It's basically been up only. But I think this is a really important episode to make and make sure you watch this one to the end because it feels like we're at a crossroads. You know, when you look at the stock market, the crypto market, there's a lot of areas that are at resistance, at support. If there's going to be the end of a bear market rally for a few reasons, it could be now, or maybe everyone thinks that, and we're going to keep going higher. So let's jump right into kind of what's going on at the macro level, and then we can talk about the crypto market and the stock market and make a few predictions, right? All right. So, you know, it's all about the Fed, right? So as of right now, inflation is coming down, but maybe not quite as fast as they want it. You know, core inflation, which is proving to be quite sticky. Core inflation is inflation without is energy and food. Energy and food, yeah. Energy and food. So that's the one they really look at. And it's not coming down as fast as they want. They're still raising rates, even though, you know, banks are failing. Even though they've, they've already shown the fact that if banks do fail, they're going to provide liquidity. So there's a lot of conflicting signs coming out of the Fed. It's like, yes, things are failing here, but we're going to put more, more liquidity here. Inflation's coming down, but not fast enough. So a lot to dissect. Yeah, so it's like the core inflation may not be coming down. However, the CPI data itself, which actually does include the food and the energy, has come down faster than expected, which could lead to something like deflation, which is now a hot topic. And deflation, um, it sounds great because it's, you know, great, inflation's coming down. But that actually creates this negative cycle that occurs and consumers end up stop spending. So what happens with deflation is... Inflation comes down so quickly at a rapid rate <coughs> where big businesses start dropping their prices and then consumers are like, well, prices are coming down. I'm just going to keep waiting. Like, I'm going to be able to get prices even lower. Mm. So that keeps waiting. And then the customers keep waiting. They keep dropping their prices, et cetera. And that keep, keeps going and going. So what ends up happening is the government would end up potentially 
pumping money into the markets again or as stimulus so that people end up spending again and going out. So you kind of have to, you kind of want inflation to come down, but at, at a much slower pace than what's happening with the CPI data at least. Yeah, it's a very slippery slope that we're on right now. And, you know, Elon Musk, I, I've watched most of his interviews because this guy knows what's going on both mm. in the tech world, macroeconomic world, everything. And he said the last time that we saw a situation exactly like this where the government, he's been saying that the Fed should be not raising rates anymore. Right. He says this is like a train coming into the economy. He's the last time we saw a situation just like this was in 1929, mm. right before the Great Depression. And he says if Jerome Powell and the Fed continue to raise rates into what is clearly a massive economic downturn and a deflationary one coming at that, he says we have the potential for this to turn from a recession into a depression. Mm. And especially if you... If they, you know, if they kick the can down the road and provide more stimulus, I'm of the opinion that there will be more bank failures. Right. You know, I feel like going through this year, we saw what happened with Silicon Valley Bank and a few others, you know, about a month or two ago. I feel like this is not the end. I feel like this is the tip of the iceberg. I think there's a lot of banks that are probably insolvent already and in, in any sort of other downturn in the stock markets are going to un, un, uh, reveal that, right? So we're at a tricky spot in, in, in the the Fed and the macro right now, it's kind of hard to make a decision what's going to happen, but there's a lot of warning signs flashing. I got some notes on what's going on with the banks because I think it's, it's crucial. Like the banks run the world, right? This is what this is all about. So large investment banks have seen a massive revenue decline this year. Uh, we saw this with SVB. Since 2022, revenue is down between 19 and 25% across all major large banks. What's more is JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs are down, their revenue is down 50% from 2021. That's massive. Part of the reason is they're not seeing a ton of uh, deposits at the moment because all the tech giants are laying off. So if businesses aren't making money, they're not depositing their cash into the banks. So the banks are now losing money. On top of that, we have Apple, which also uh, announced they're offering four four and a half percent yields, I believe, uh, on your on your cash, whereas banks only offer something like half a percent. So now you're not only getting deposits that are not being put in by the large businesses, but you're also having people fleeing for something that will already exist on their phone. It's an easy um, transition to DeFi in a way, or tech fi if you mm-hmm, will, yeah. away from traditional fina- finance. So the banks are under a lot of pressure there. And just announced today, is the Argentina Central Bank has run out of USD, so they don't have any cash. Jeez. So they're using uh now using consumer deposits. Mm. The problem that ha- what happens here is that when you run out, it means they're unable to intervene in the f- um, foreign exchange markets and they, they kind of distance themselves from the global trade. And this also ends up leading inevitably to higher inflation as, as well. So this could end up happening in the, in the US. So yeah. we could see a spike in inflation again. I think we're going to see another spike in inflation again. Two things. Uh, the, the situation in Argentina is very bad and has kind of become the poster child of, you know, why Bitcoin can work so well in a lot of second and third world developing countries. Um, but I also, let's, let's quickly just, just talk about that Apple thing for a second. Yeah, right? like, for sure. I don't think people realize how big this is. That Apple, the biggest and potentially most trusted tech company in the world, has become a bank. You know, how many people have iPhones? And a lot of people that have a lot of money have iPhones. And... You know, dealing with banks, as we all know, and that's why we're into crypto, it can be just horrible. Oh, my God. The worst technology, slow, closed on weekends, closed, always closed. I mean, like, if we go to the, we go to the bank, it's like, shut. It's yeah. like, how, how are you going to shut? Like, yeah. 
I didn't get my money. We're going on a trip. So now Apple's yeah. like, oh, we'll just make an app where it's your bank on your phone and you already have the phone and then we're going to offer interest rates that are exponentially higher than all these regional banks. Regional banks are fucked. Mm, yeah. Like this is going to have shockwaves over the next few years. And, you know, we were talking about this privately a couple of days ago. It's like, obviously Apple had been developing this technology, this pivot into the banking system for a while. And you almost think that like, all right, they're like, let's wait until the perfect time to strike. And, and they see a banking failure and a banking crisis and people losing trust in banks and boom, you know, in business timing is everything. And Apple could not have timed the launch of their new banking um, program more accurately. Mm. Unbelievable. So we're so we'll see how that the fallout plays through that over the next like months and years, but maybe buy Apple stock. Yeah, no, but I mean, but then if Apple stock does well and it makes up a large portion of the NASDAQ, then does that mean the stock market stays elevated? I mean, if hey, Apple stock starts to pick back up, it's something to watch for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so one last thing I wanted to touch on, and you know, if you're watching this episode, you're like, where are the predictions? Where are the predictions? We're going to get to the predictions, but you need to understand the macro environment before, you know, we start to say Bitcoin go up or down. You yeah. Know what I mean? End of episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but the last thing I wanted to touch on about the Fed and the, and, the, and the economy is the unemployment rate, right? Because what the Fed wants to see is the unemployment rate spike. So when you're looking at the definition of a recession, there's three main things. First is a stock market downturn. We saw that start early, mid last year, and it's, you know, we had a massive stock market correction, over 20%. The second thing is an earnings slowdown. So now we've seen, we're in the middle of earnings seasons right now. Q4 of last year, which is last earnings season, and Q1 of this year, which is the current earnings season, both are seeing companies have like minus, minus, minus earnings. That's number two. Number three is a significant uptick in unemployment. And as we've seen for headlines for a while now, big tech companies are laying off everyone. So we're gonna we're seeing this unemployment start to go up. I think from February to March was the first month where a significant increase. But what the Fed wants to see and what Jay Powell talks about is the unemployment rate has to go above a certain percentage. Mm. And it's not nearly there yet. I think it has to go like 10%. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of fucking people. Yeah, it's over 3 million. So there's, these are the things that the Fed looks for. And when they see it, they'll be like, okay, we've done our job. We want inflation to come down and want unemployment to spike. Then we've done our job and we can let the economy reset. So we're not there yet. So the pivot may not be as su- as quick as people think. Uh, the thing is too, is like I, I, if you're looking for these layoffs, I think you have to, if I were, if I were the fed, uh, I'd be looking at the new technology, artificial intelligence that's coming out. Mm. Like, I think I saw something like McDonald's is there's a Mc, couple of McDonald's that are now operating fully on without people. Yep. Um, so, Yes, unemployment may be at, you know, 4% now or whatever, but if they could put some forward-thinking hats on, a lot of these businesses are going to be laying off because of the artificial intelligence takeover, yep, that's right? right? Which is also ultimately going to lead to another 5 million layoffs, which could put their unemployment ho- even higher than the 10% that they're anticipating. That's right. It could be another slippery slope, right? Yeah. Because there's already a lot mass unemployment coming because of AI. So I'd be kind of careful with that. The other thing, I, um, you know, a lot of the experts are calling for a mild recession, most of the time, you know, when uh, the Fed was talking about inflation was transitory. So anytime they kind of downplay it and then how bad inflation actually was, they're saying that it's going to be a mild recession. Part of me thinks that's going to be a, a severe recession I agree. because they tend to always kind of downplay it first. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one thing about AI, I don't know. Have you seen these AI uh, uh, generated songs that have been coming out? Yeah. And, it, Drake and AI stuff. Drake dropped another banger today. It's yeah. called Winter's Cold. I was bumping it all morning. I'm like, this is the best Drake song I've heard in years. Not even Drake. But can they do anything with copyright laws or anything? Yeah, oh, you can t- yeah, I bet you artists and record labels are 
first of all, trembling in their boots. Yeah. And se- second of all, like preparing some sort of my voice or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, which is called Drake's a banger. I, I haven't listened to it yet, but. All right. Let's move on to maybe some analysis on where the markets are at right now. So as I said, we're at a, we're at a crossroads. So uh, the S&P 500 has rallied from 377 to about 415 so far in 2023. That's a solid 10% bear market rally. For the S&P 500, that's quite a bit. Um, now it's sitting at high frame, high time frame resistance. And a lot of large cap tech companies, like you mentioned, that make up such a large portion of the S&P 500 have rallied and are sitting at resistance. And then we have Bitcoin, which has rallied from 16K to 31K. That's nearly 90% bear market rally. Very impressive. Now it's, it's you know, as you said, it's, it's kind of pulled back a little bit. It's sitting at that 30K. That's a mental resistance, you know, 30K. It's yeah. a psychological resistance. Yeah. It's also a high, tam- high time frame resistance if you look back over the last few years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's trying to flip support. There's a resistance into support. And then you also have the DXY, the US dollar. It's been falling for quite a while it's now. It's like a double bottom now. It's at support. Yeah. So if you have the S&P 500 at resistance, Bitcoin at resistance, and DXY at support, it's not an area where you want to go all in long, right? Correct. Absolutely. I mean, because if the DXY bounces, um, you know, then we could see risk a- assets come off. Mm. Um, if we're sitting at resistance when it comes to Bitcoin, Bitcoin dominance, uh, in addition to, you know, the S&P, then that is a time where we're likely going to continue to see a bit of a pullback. There's also something to do with uh, the two-year two yield chart. Um, basically, this has been rising. So there's a chance that people are anticipating one more rate hike. As we know, with the rate hikes, the DXY tends to, to increase because foreign investors can actually make a bit more money off the U.S. dollar. Right. Yeah, I think that's. I think I, there was a stat I had somewhere. Um, they've got... 48.3% chance that the Fed will issue at least one more quarter point rate hike yeah. in its next meeting and possibly another one after that. Exactly. So, yeah, there's a few things to watch. But, you know, if you've enjoyed this bear market rally, this over the last few weeks was the time to take profit for sure. As you see high time frame resistance on the stock market and Bitcoin. You know, a lot of people were calling for an altcoin season because Bitcoin dominance was quite high. And they thought, look, altcoins are going to rally. But I think what we've seen, and now maybe we can shift towards the crypto market specifically, Um Bitcoin has had such a nice rally because it feels like people are trusting Bitcoin over banks like we touched in our previous episode about Bitcoin. But the money hasn't come into large cap altcoins like it has in the past rallies. It seems like the money is purely rolling into Bitcoin. Ethereum a little bit. I saw a bit of a spike over the past few weeks before it pulled back. But like, it seems like this is Bitcoin's time to shine. And then we skipped, uh, we went from Bitcoin, kind of skipped over to Ethereum and large cap straight to shitcoins. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> is Bitcoin, is this going to be a trend that we'll see like throughout the year where Bitcoin dominance just keeps rising and rising and rising? I wouldn't be too surprised. No, I mean, in our Bitcoin to a million dollars episode, mm. we discussed the reasons why we believe that Bitcoin is seeing what it is currently. And that's due to a lot of the market conditions, uh, people not really knowing where to put their money, what's safe, what's not. So that is why we're seeing that Bitcoin. I think that's where smart money is going. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if whales try to shake some people out and keep accumulating at lower prices. Mm. But yeah, to that point, it's just, I think, I think like there's not enough clarity right now from a regulatory perspective. So we're not seeing a ton of money go into the large cap altcoins, um, like a quant, for example, or an, or Hedera. 
there's just too much uncertainty there. Yeah. There's still too many hacks, et cetera. So if you're a financial institution or one of the big institutional players, you're going to go to Bitcoin, which has already been deemed in the U.S. as not a security. That's going to be the safest place to do it. Then, you know, put your capital during high risk times into these, um, you know, large caps, which may go up 10, 15, 20 percent. Or if you have some capital, you could play these meme coins yeah, and do a, a, two, a potential 200%. So you, could, you could risk a lot less to yeah. see some serious gains. Yeah, there's there's a chart that I've shared in the Discord and on my Twitter uh, frequently. And it just shows it's a it's a high time frame look at Bitcoin right now. And the same time frame can be looked for the, for the S&P 500. And it shows for Bitcoin, you know, the, it, it's almost like we've been in a massive range from 29K all the way down to 18K. And then we had a deviation where Bitcoin faked out to the bottom like it was going to zero and it went that was like the FTX collapse down to 15k quickly went back up into the range and then it went all the way back up to 29k and then what we've saw over the past few weeks is a deviation up where th- people think look this is the breakout it went over 29k which was a big resistance yeah. up to 31k and was rejected heavy rejection back down into the range so if you are a range trader which is a smart way to look at things this could tell you that it's going to head at least back down to the midpoint of the range. Which was like 24, 25. Yeah, yeah, and maybe down to the bottom of the range. So, you know, you need a catalyst to really break you out of a range either way. And a lot of people get breakout traders, get faked out when it goes out of 29K. It's like, oh, you know, it's going to 40K. It's going to 50K. And then boom, right back down to the range. So, you know, what my what my thinking is right now in the market is, you know, we've enjoyed, if you've been following us, we've been pretty, pretty bullish this year. We've had some some good runs riding up Bitcoin and some altcoins from their lows of November, December, January. Right now is where, you know, you should be comfortably taking profits. You, know, you can still scalp a trader few, uh, trade or two, but, you know, be very wary about thinking the market's just going to bounce right away. We, we just enjoyed three months, four months of up only. So four months, yeah. it's only natural for there to be a pullback, which may go lower than you think. So, you know, don't be, don't be catching knives and just, Look at that macro situation for sure. And there's so many DGENs in crypto. Like that's why, uh, you know, Bitcoin and the crypto market is so volatile. It's so many over leveraged traders. Mm. So what the market ends up doing is just taking out where the liquidity is. A uh, really good tool for that is high block capital. You can see where the liquidation levels are. Um, there were some bigger ones at that 31 mark, which is why we spiked up to. There's also another large pool sitting around 19K. So that's kind of where I have my eye as well. Yep. I, d- I did do a pretty large post on that Twitter thread on Twitter as to why I thought this was going to happen. There's also a CME gap down there um, and a few other things. So I, I can see us pulling it in, and it comes back down to the bottom of that range that we're discussing as that's well, right. which would form our double bottom and it would kind of time up with all these other aspects that we're discussing. Yeah, when I think about the market on a on a high time frame scale, I always try to think about what situation would wreck the most traders, wreck the most retail traders. Because at the end of the day, people are manipulating the market, especially the crypto market, because it's low market cap compared to stocks. And, you know, they can just throw the price up and down and make people think it's going to zero, make it think it's going to 100K. So right now, at time of recording, Bitcoin's at around, I don't know, 27.5K or something. As we said, I think there's a key level for Bitcoin around 25, 26K, where you could maybe see it bounce. But if it loses that level, then yeah, I would be looking towards the bottom of the range, which is around 18, 19K, where that CME gap is. And, you know, at that point, there's there's where it could be another scenario for them to fake out a a breakdown, then the shorts pile in, and then boom, we go right back up to 25K, 30K again, right? Yeah, yeah 100%. They're just playing with the range until until the range is broken. Don't try to get fake, try not to get faked out, right? Mm. Um, you know, obviously, we're always looking for altcoin gems. 
looking for breakout coins, which we can find regardless of, of in the range. But, you know, I think the bottom line is we're at resistance in the stock market and Bitcoin. Don't call it. Don't go all in. This is when you want to take profits, which we have been doing. And then if it goes down to the bottom of the range, that's when you want to be bullish. Don't get bearish at the bottom. Bullish at the bottom, bearish at the top, right? It's easier said than done for, for a lot sure. of people. Like the, the mentality and the psychology aspect of it, you can feel it in your, in your heart and in your gut. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, we've just lost 20%. This thing's going to keep going for sure. It's like, well, no, at some point it'll come back up. Like we've seen yeah. it time and time again over the past 14 years since its existence. For sure. I mean, we preach this stuff in the show all the time, but we make mistakes. Like, you know, it's, it's emotions. It's emotional trading. It is tough. You have to separate your emotions from your trading. But that's why we're here for you guys. You know, we're always sharing our analysis like this in our Discord, on our Twitter, across all of our socials. And, you know, as I said, regardless of the market structure, we're always trying to find new gems for you guys. Make sure that, you know, we're, you know, we don't don't make market predictions that are 100% accurate, but by learning about the macro conditions and looking at things on a a high time frame basis, having a long-term mindset, it can help you not to get completely wrecked by going all in long at the top or by going all in short at the bottom, right? So just try to keep a level-headed mind about these things. Look at what's going on in the stock market, the Fed, and the crypto market specifically. I know that's what everyone loves. So yeah, we're here for you guys. And you know, if, if you have any questions, we're always here for the Discord as well. There's a bunch of things to watch too. I think like uh, in June 1st, they also have the, I think over in China, Hong Kong, retail traders and institutional traders can start entering crypto again. Mm. That could see an influx of capital into the crypto markets, maybe not necessarily the stock market. Um, what else we can see there is, th- I know that uh, China had some really strong GDP numbers, but if those tend to drop, they're looking at potentially adding some stimulus as well. So I think that could be another huge play that could enter mm. the crypto market. I wouldn't be surprised to see it pullbacks continued continuously up until that point so they can get even better entries. Um, that's a little bit of a theory I have. I do want to mention too is how good was it to see Gary Gensler get absolutely roasted? Oh man, yeah, watching him literally tremble in his boots, his hands were shaking. He knows he's he's done. Like he has to be done. They've caught him red-handed. You said this, he did this. It's it's comical at this point because we have Coinbase now looking to leave, uh, and that's you know one of the last big players in mm. the U.S. Um, so if they lose that, they're stifling crypto innovation and. They could really put themselves behind the eight ball yeah. uh, if that happens. And interesting that you mentioned the Chinese altcoin and crypto narrative. We're going to be doing a standalone episode all about the Chinese crypto narrative and which altcoins are tied to China that could potentially rip if that narrative comes to fruition. So make sure you like and subscribe and wait for that episode. Yeah, absolutely. And then, hey, make sure you guys tune to the next episode. Because that one is going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.